Maseret Pesachim, Daf 113, uh, some fantastic agadot, a lot of very good, actually, financial advice. Uh, but we start off, Don't live in a city where there's no horses that neigh and no dogs that bark. Uh, because they're good for security and protection uh, against, well, against uh, robbers and things. So that's always good. Don't live in a city with the mayor whose mayor is a doctor, uh, because a doctor is going to be involved in his medical practice. He's not going to take care of the city. Like we saw earlier, not to live in a city whose uh, leaders are sages, uh, scholars, because then they're going to be involved in learning Torah. Also, do not marry two wives. Um, but if you're going to marry multiple wives and at least marry three, uh, the idea is here is that if you have two wives, they're going to gang up against you. Uh, so if you have three, then even two of them are gang up against you. They're not going to include the third, and the third one will tell you about it. Uh, all right. So even if polygamy is allowed, it certainly brings uh, a lot of um, a lot of heartache. So it's not recommended. So he says, better to flip over animal carcasses. In other words, better, better to be a butcher and do menial labor rather than flip over your words. In other words, uh, lie and you know cheat in business uh, in order to make a buck, right? Better to, and there's nothing, there's no, there's no, nothing degrading about doing manual labor. All right. A good, a good honest day's work is, uh, is better than, uh, just, uh, uh you know, selling things with uh, false advertising. Um, if, you know, if you need to, and that's your, your trade, so skin, animal carcasses in the market and take some payment, take payment for that, right? Be in that business and don't say, oh, I'm above that. I'm a Kohen. I'm a great person. This is disgusting, right? A good, honest day's work, even if it's um, in a you know dirty, uh, 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 difficult work is better than, um, better than not. Salkat if you're going to the roof, take food with you. In other words, always have provisions. Even if you're going on a short trip, even just to the top of the top of the building, take some food with you. You, know, you never know uh, when you might get stuck and you need it. Um, if pumpkins are very cheap and you get a hundred pumpkins for a zoos in the city, uh, you should nevertheless uh, be careful with them. Take them in the corners of your clothes. Take them with you. Don't assume that there's going to be food in the place that you're going. And also treat them with respect. Even if food is cheap, it still should be treated respectfully. Amar le Rav told his son, do not have drink medications because it can be addictive. Uh, maybe you need it now, you know, try to do, try to take the pain, uh, try to get better without medication. All right, very good advice. And do not leap over a ditch, right? You're going to, because, you know, one day you're going to, you're going to trip and you're going to uh, hurt yourself. Don't pull out a tooth. If you have a toothache, don't suddenly just pull it out. You know, uh, try, maybe it'll get better. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have no teeth left. Uh, don't provoke a snake. That's good advice. And don't provoke an Aramean. Uh, these are non un, unfriendly, unfriendly neighbors. 
uh, you don't want to get into fights with them. Uh, so on the same theme, three, you should not provoke. Right? Uh, so, so, uh, a young uh, non-Jew or a young snake or a young sage. Uh, because all these three, even though they're young now and they look like uh, they're okay, but when they get older, then they're going to be more powerful. So don't provoke them now. Their authority is behind their ears. In other words, not, they don't have it yet, but it will come eventually, so uh, be on their good side. So Rav Aibu, amazing thing, he said to his son, I tried to teach you to teach you Torah and Halakha, and, you know, so that you'd grow up to be a Tamid but it didn't work. It wasn't... Uh, you know, that was, this was not his uh, calling. Uh, so he says, well, I'll give up on that, but at least uh, let me teach you some worldly advice. While the dust is still on your feet, sell your merchandise. Sometimes when you go out and you go to the market and you, you bring some merchandise, sell it right away while your feet are still dusty. And don't wait because who knows, maybe the prices will fall, maybe it will go bad. Right, better to make a good sale now, even if maybe you could have gotten more later. Uh, if you apply this to stock market, right? If uh, if you got if you made a profit, sell right and uh, and and reap the profits and uh, don't don't uh, don't rely on risk. Call miles zaben utharet bar mehamra zaben vela teharet and don't regret selling wine because wine especially it may it might go bad you know other things well you can can last but wine just sell at the first opportunity you have and don't regret uh, and don't regret the sale shereki saich petach sakaich okay it's a it's a the rhyme and so reminder of oh first open your purse to accept payment and then open your sack to give out the merchandise. Don't give the person the merchandise before they pay, right? COD, uh, don't, uh, don't take credit because they're never gonna pay. Uh, better to have only a kav on the ground. A kav is a small amount than a cord, which is 180 times bigger, but it's on the roof. Uh, this is the rabbi's way of saying a uh, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, but they say it's worth 180, right, on the roof. So uh, don't take a risk. Take a take a small profit that is more sure. Tamra lebet sudana rahet. If you have dates in your storeroom, go run to the brewery. Right, dates they would brew them into date beer, and that way they would last. Because if you keep them in your storeroom, they're going to end up going bad. How much should you keep for yourself? Three seah. So, uh, we have 40 is uh, mikveh we saw, right? Which is about 90 gallons. So this would be about six gallons of dates. That's good enough to keep uh, to keep for yourself. The rest, uh, make them into beer. We met Papa, he was wealthy. Um, he says, because I was a beer manufacturer, otherwise I wouldn't be wealthy. Some say it was Rav Chista that said this. I guess they both were brewers. And he said, if it was not for beer, I also would not, I would not become wealthy. My Sudana, what does this mean? This word Sudana that we said is a brewer. Amar Rav Chista, Sod Na'e, stands for, he, have a, he has a good secret uh, that uh, they, they have the, the, the secret recipe and they know how to make, uh, make money in a good way. Ugmilut Chasadim, and then they can do acts of loving kindness and they could, uh, you know, they can uh, live well and help others too. 
Anything that you have to collect, you're going to need to collect. In other words, if you buy something, you have a contract. Yeah, but now you got to go, you know, you got to go, uh, 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 you know, uh, find it and collect it. Uh, so just having a contract is not so uh, is not sufficient uh, because, you, you know, who knows if there is actually going to deliver it. And also, if you buy, if you uh, sell something on credit, uh, in modern Hebrew, uh, credit card is called kartis ashrai. To sell something on credit, who knows? Maybe they, maybe the person will pay. Maybe they won't pay. And even if they pay, they're going to use bad money. Bad money in those days, you know, they had coins, but a lot of times people would chip away the uh, edges of the coins uh, so that they could uh, keep some and then just, you know, pay with money that was devalued, defaced. And they say, well, I paid you. Yeah, but these coins aren't good. And so, you know, you end up getting less than uh, on, on the dollar than you wanted. So don't, uh, don't sell on credit. Three things in the name of the, uh, the people, the masses of people in Jerusalem used to say these this advice, you're going out to war, don't be on the front line, be, in, be the guy in the back. <laughs> that way, you can always come home first. Okay, this is good advice also for elevators. All right, best to go in the, in the elevator last, that way you can come out first. We saw this already from yesterday for Rabbi Akiva said that better to make your Shabbat meal like a weekday meal, not special if uh, someone is poor and can't afford it, rather than take charity and, uh, to, and use the charity to have a nicer Shabbat meal. And always uh, join together with someone who has, has, is having good luck. If they're having good luck and you partner with them, then you'll you'll uh, you'll be you'll do well as also. Okay, the people of Jerusalem were very wise. Three more things they said. Don't uh, engage in shameful behavior because of that thing that happened. Uh, seems that they're referring to the famous, infamous story of David and Bathsheba, uh, and so you know, don't do, don't act like that. Okay, according to this, uh, David and Bathsheba did. Uh, David did something wrong. Uh, so if your daughter is grown and you have a Canaanite slave, better to free the slave and marry your daughter off to the Canaanite slave. Because at least you know who the guy is, right? He's, uh, he's a quality person and uh, he'll take care of your daughter. Rather than have to go find someone, uh, someone else who you don't know and who knows if he's going to treat her nicely. And watch out for your first son-in-law and your wife, because uh, uh, sometimes they get a little too close. Ravista actually said because they can be uh, lead to lead to licentiousness, mixed dancing, and Ravkana said no, but he maybe he has more money than uh, than, than than you. So uh, so just to keep an eye out on. Uh, on the, the, the oldest uh, the oldest son-in-law. Okay, and either of these can happen. All right, um, 
that's kind of strange. I haven't heard any stories like that, but I guess in the olden days, I'm not sure if that was this was a reality. Three deserve the world to come. Elohen Hadar Israel. That's beautiful. Live in Israel, right? You're already there. Hamegadel Torah. Teach your teach your children Torah that they should be uh, sages as when they grow up. Hamabdil alayin b'Moshe Shabbatot and sing Abdallah on wine. Hmm. All right, uh, we have at least one of them. Uh, so what does it mean? What's the big deal? That he leaves over some wine from Kiddush. You, know, you have a limited amount of wine. He doesn't drink at all during the day, but he leaves some over for Havdalah to make sure he says Havdalah properly. Three people, God calls out for their special goodness. A single person who lives in the city and nevertheless does not sin with women, right? I mean, out in the, in the, in the village, in the farm, there's nobody around anyway. But in the city, there's, uh, you know, there's brothels, there's all kinds of things. And if a, a man can keep himself, um, can keep himself uh, pure, that's, uh, that's worthy of uh, special, uh, special note. A poor person who finds something, he finds a nice, you know, expensive watch or something of someone and returns it. Right for a poor person, it's especially difficult to return something because it can make a big difference to him. Uh, so also worthy of special note. And a rich person who gives his tithes in in private. The rich per- people they like to show off. Right? Oh, you know how much I gave. Look at all this. Uh, how much I made. Even right. Look, I'm, I'm look how much charity I'm giving. And so if you can do that anonymously. That's also worthy of note. It happens to be Rav Safra fulfilled the first one. He was single and he lived in the city. And uh, here's a story. Well, here's why we say that. Once where there was a Tana, a professional memorizer who cited this statement of Rabbi Yochanan uh, in front of Rav Safra. And Rav Safra's face lit up with joy. He hadn't heard this before. And now he realized, oh, that applies to me. I live in the city and I never sinned. So I'm so happy that um, I'll be I'm worthy of special note. So Rava was there. It says, no, this doesn't apply to you. These two other sages, why? Because their job, it's not just that they lived in the city. They were cobblers. They were shoemakers in Israel. And they would sit in the marketplace where the prostitutes were and make shoes for them. Maybe they were like high heels in the olden days that was, uh, that was associated with Zonot. Um, and so the Zonot would, uh, would go into their shops. And so they had regular interaction with them. And the prostitutes would look at the shoemakers and uh, probably in a, um, in a suggestive way, but the shoemakers would not look at them. They would do their work professionally and, uh, and not, not look at them back. So they, 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 kept, uh, they kept to themselves. Uh, and did not sin. And these prostitutes themselves were so impressed by these cobblers that they, when they swore, they would swear by the holy sages of Israel because they knew that they were the paragon of, uh, of uh, purity and goodness. 
Um, and so that's what the statement was applying to. Not just anyone who lives in the city, but someone who uh, is uh, in a special, uh, especially in a, in a difficult situation where they can be entrapped and they don't, they're, they're worthy of no. Uh, God loves three people. Someone who does not get angry. Someone who does not get drunk. And someone who doesn't stand on principle. Someone who's forgiving. It's okay. You did something wrong to me, but I forgive it. But God hates three people. Hypocrite. He says one thing, but he means something else. He knows testimony that can help out a friend. And he says, no, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to testify. I don't know what the other guy who knows. No, if you can help it out, then you have to help out. Also regarding testimony, you see, you see someone do something bad, you see them commit a sin, and you go and testify against them, even though you're only one witness. Now, if you're only one witness, it's never going to be accepted by a court. So what's the point of going to testify, right? You're just doing it to, uh, to, to embarrass the person. Uh, so since it's not going to come to anything anyway, so there's some cases where you have to testify and other cases where you don't have to testify. But either way, if you do the wrong way, God hates those people. So one time there was a man named Tuvia, and he may he sinned, and Zigud saw it, uh, but he was alone, so it was only one witness. And so Zigud comes to comes to the rabbi. He says, "I testify. I saw Tuvia sinning." Zigud. The papa said, "Go and give lashes to Zigud to the to the to the witness." So Zigud says, Tuvia is the one that said, why is that sinned? Why are you hitting me? This is a famous phrase, right? Tuvia hatav, Zigud min gad, when you know, the wrong person gets the punishment. He says, yes, I'm going to punish you. Right? The Torah says one witness cannot stand against a person. So why are you coming as one witness? Apparently, you just want to give the person a bad reputation. There's no proof that he did anything bad. You're coming yourself. Now everybody's going to suspect him and uh, uh, spreading false rumors. So don't, don't spread bad things about others unless you actually have a case and you're going to bring, uh, you know, bring legal charges. Otherwise, uh, it's just spreading, uh, just spreading uh, rumors that uh, cannot be verified. Even though you cannot testify against him, if you saw it and you know this guy did something bad, you're allowed to hate him. Uh, you see a donkey of someone who hates you lying under the road under the load you still have to help out the animal right even though even though you're not friends first of all you have to help out the animal and then nevertheless help out a person right and uh, and overcome your hatred now why why are you hating him in the first place right what does that mean why should anybody have enemies my son what does this mean that this hated person if the person who has, has that animal, if he's not Jewish, we have a tradition that's talking about a fellow Jew. So it has to be a fellow Jew. Are you allowed to, to hate a fellow Jew? 
right? It's, it's a pro, exact a prohibition not to hate someone. So it's not coming and making a law for someone. If if you've already violated the law and hate someone, well, that person you should help out. You don't need to say a law like that. First of all, you shouldn't hate him. So obviously, you should help him out no matter what. Rather, if it's a case where there are were two witnesses, and so then everybody knows this is a bad person, then it's misfat to hate that person. Um, and now, so then, and everybody knows that. So my shenahai. So what's special about this guy that it goes out of its way? Rather, this law is talking about someone where there aren't two witnesses, but I saw myself that he did something bad, so I'm allowed to hate the person, and that's what this pasuk is talking about, that you'd have to help that person under the, with, with, with his animal. Nevertheless, it's talking about a case where you're permitted to hate. Okay, not only is it permitted, to be fearful of God means to hate evil. Um, someone who is passive and uh, is tolerant of evil, they themselves are, uh, are, are a party to it. They're enabling. Uh, no, you have to go out of your way and hate evil and hate those people who perform evil. This is very non-Christian, right? Uh, Christians, you know, turn the other cheek and all that, right? And uh, and uh, I think in Judaism we have a lot of statements that um, it's sometimes it's okay and even necessary to hate. Okay, what if uh, what if uh, you saw someone doing do something bad, so you hate him? Can you tell your teacher, your rabbi, listen, I saw this person do something bad, so that the rabbi will hate him also? Uh, you know, and uh, you know, keep him away. Bad influence. It could be um, good reasons to do so. So, if you are a trustworthy person, uh, such that your teacher will trust your testimony even though you're only one person and they'll act on it. So if it's, you know, solid, then tell him. But if, if when you tell him, you're not, you don't have a, such a good relation, you don't have that trust factor and the teacher is going to be like, okay, I don't know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. And now you're just uh, spreading rumors, uh, then do not tell him. So, you know, you got to be a trustworthy person first um, in order to act on uh, something that you saw yourself. Three, their lives, although they're technically alive, are not are not good lives. People who are too compassionate, right? They're always uh, going and helping everyone, even people who don't really deserve it. So people end up, end up uh, taking advantage of them. Uh, people are hot-tempered. They, get, they fly off the handle every second. They can't con- control themselves, so their lives are not good. And people are very delicate. Um, like OCD with dirt or anything, so they can't they can't uh, sit straight. Uh, that's not good either. Amad Av Yosef Kulehu Itnehu Bi Av Yosef Aya says I have all of these. All right, could be because he was uh, blind, and so maybe uh, be, being blind he uh, uh, the, the, uh, lent lent himself to having these attributes. Okay, Tenora Banan Shelosha Sonin Zeetze. There are three that are especially hateful of each other. Elohen Akilabim. All right, the dogs see each other, they like to start fighting. Tanadugolin, also uh, roosters, chabarin, and Persian magicians. I guess they're very jealous. It's a very competitive field. Ve'yesh omrim, afhazonot, also prostitutes are jealous of each other. 
and ויש אומרים אף תלמידי חכמים שבבבל, and some say also the rabbis of בבל. It's an amazing statement. As we saw before, a lot of times the Yeshomrim, the things that they're adding on, right, are really like the main point. And here they're saying a kind of a self-criticism uh, that sometimes sages, uh, you know, fight with each other so much that they make the zonot look good. Right? This comes up in other agadot as well. Um, okay, tenora banan shelosha three groups that love each other are converts and slaves and ravens. Converts and slaves are both there, both kind of uh, downtrodden and uh, and you know understand what it means to be to to be hated and mistreated. So uh, they uh, get together and help help each other. So that's nice. hadat. Ravens apparently do hang around together. They're social social birds. Uh, there are four things that uh, are just so uh, outlandish that people, people cannot tolerate them. Um, a, uh, a, a poor person who is arrogant. Right? What do you have to be arrogant of? A wealthy person who doesn't pay what he owes. Right, I mean, you know, if someone doesn't pay, but a rich person doesn't pay, that really gets under your skin. As a can menaf, an old person who uh, who who uh, leeches on a young woman, and someone who's appointed to be the uh, over the over the president of a congregation, you know, a leader who uh, who lords it over people. Right, they only only there because people appointed him to be. Uh, to be in charge, right? Not because he's any better. So no, people can, cannot stand that. Also someone, he, he divorces his wife, then he changes his mind, brings her back, divorces her again, brings her back again, right? So come on, make up your mind. What kind of, what kind of person is this? Now the question is, the first Tana who said the first three, how come he did not list the person who uh, sends his wife away uh, twice and three times, right? How come he thought that this was this was tolerable? Well, zimna de meduba. Sometimes the kituba is a large amount, so he sends his wife away. Then you know she comes with a claim. Well, okay, you sent me away, but you have to pay in the kituba. You have to pay a million dollars. Says, oh no, okay, forget it. Okay, come back. I can't pay that much. All right. This shows what, um, that the the purpose of the kituba is to make it difficult for the man to uh, divorce his wife for a simple for any simple reason. Um, that uh, this is this is a payout. First of all, that she will need to live, and uh, therefore he's going to have to bring her back and uh, and try to make the marriage work. Or, you know, maybe in his anger, he sends her up, but then he realizes, okay, you know what? We have kids together, so I can't divorce her. So he brings him back. So uh, the Tanakama was a little bit more understand- understanding of that behavior. Um, uh, Kenan, the son of Noah, uh, commanded his son regarding five things. He says, you should love each other. Also love, love thievery. You should love promiscuity. Hate your masters. And never say the truth. Okay, that's uh, fantastic, especially the first one. He says, love each other. So sometimes, you know, even, uh, even groups of bandits and uh, criminals, they stick together. They love each other. They just uh, mistreat everybody else. Shisha debarim ne'emarim basus. Six things are the traits of horses. Oheb etazenut. 
Um, okay, horses love promiscuity. They love war. They, they walk like in an arrogant way. They don't like sleeping. Even though they eat a lot, but they excrete only a little. And some say they like to kill their masters in war. Okay, poor horses. You know, they don't want to go to war. It's, it's humans that force the animals to go to war. And then they blame the horses for uh, killing the masters. Seven uh, are, are ostracized, uh, put in the dui, excommunicated from, by heaven. Someone doesn't have a wife. You know, what, what's he, uh, how's he going to live? He has a wife, doesn't have children. Why, why, why not? Why not? Why don't you have children? You're not procreating, you're not continuing the world. We have children and don't uh, raise them to be Torah scholars. Well, it was the point, you're not raising them properly. Don't surround yourself with all the mitzvot, reminders of God's unity and of the mitzvot. And who walks barefoot, right? We saw already before the kind of embarrassment, the shame in walking barefoot. It's not proper for a person to do that, even though they were expensive. And, uh, you know, you have to work hard to get shoes. Um, it's uh, it's necessary for human dignity. Also, someone who does not sit with other people who are either doing a mitzvah or celebrating a mitzvah, and you walk away. So all these things, even though the community is not going to excommunicate them, but in heaven, they look at that and say, what's this guy doing? Uh, it's a long uh, attribution. How do you know that you're not allowed to consult the Chaldeans, the Babylonians? They were known for, to, for their, uh, to be astrologers. They were especially good at it. But nevertheless, you can't go and ask them for your horoscope. How do you know? You should be wholehearted with God. Just follow God. You don't have to worry about what the stars say about you. Don't rely on soothsayers and magic. Just follow the Torah, Mitzvot, do what's right, and everything will work out well for you. What a beautiful teaching. If you know that your friend is better than you, even in one way, right? He's, uh, he's, uh, he's better at, uh, he, he's, uh, he's better at uh, chess. He's, uh, he's, he, he studies better. He's better in chesed. He prays better, right? Even if, even if in other things, he's not so great. So still, you should give him honor. from Daniel, where the king of Madai, uh, Darius, goes to Daniel and says, oh, I see that you have a surpassing spirit. I'm going to make you head of the whole realm. So even though he's the king, but he sees a good quality in Daniel, and he makes him, and he, uh, he gives him honor. Okay, also said by the Baba Barchana, this is, has nothing to do with uh, practical advice, but goes into a halacha, doesn't seem to fit here. But anyway, the point is that someone who has dam tahor, uh, this is a, uh, a woman who gave birth uh, for the first uh, 40 days, for if she has a boy or 80 days, if she has a girl, any blood that she sees is called dam tohar. Um, and uh, that blood does not make her tameh, and it's okay. If she sees blood after that, then asura le shamesh, and she's prohibited 
from, uh, from, uh, from being with her husband because she cannot know where that blood come from and, and, and it, might, it might be prohibited blood. Okay, so how long does she have to wait? Actually, she doesn't see blood, right? After 40 days are up, and so now, she, can she be with her husband immediately after the 40 days? No, wait a, wait, wait a second. Make sure that, uh, that she is clean, that she's not seeing any blood, and wait either an entire night or entire day. And then she sees, okay, really, she's clean? Then um, she can assume that she is tahor, and then be with her husband. This person whose name was Yosef from Hutzal, uh, he is also known as Yosef the Babylonian. He is also known as who is he ben Gur Ariel, who is he ben Yehuda, who is he ben Gamliel, who is he ben Mahalal El. Okay, his real name was Isi ben Akavya, but he went by all these other uh, nicknames. Uh, why do you have so many nicknames? I don't know, maybe he was running away from the authorities. He kept having to change identity. Uh, he was not very good at it because he kept calling himself Isi all the time. Um, okay, but for whatever reason, he went by various names. Who would it be Ishaq ben Tabla? Who would it be Ishaq ben Halka? Who would it be Ishaq ben Ela'a? Also, this person, he had three names, but it's actually all, all the same person. Who would it be Ishaq ben Aha Dishmata? Who would it be Ishaq ben Pinchas? When you see Rabbi Ishaq um, ben Acha, that if it's mentioned in the ruling in, in the rulings of Halacha, then it's the same as Rabbi Ishaq ben Pinchas in Agada. It's the same person, but when he would teach, when when we, his traditions are in Halacha, they remembered him as ben Acha. When his teachings are regarding Agada, they remember him as ben Pinchas. And the way to remember that is Shimu. That's Shemata Ata, meaning Halachot that are traditions that are memorized. And Achai is sounds like Acha. Re'ai, those are those are connected together. Okay, so I guess, uh, I, I think perhaps this means that halachan um, agada were transmitted by different circles or in different ways. And so if a person has multiple names, uh, so these different groups would remember them by different, uh, by different pseudonyms. Anyway, he said you should eat onions and sit in the shade. So play on words, basal and basel sound the same. Why eat onions? Uh, because they're cheap. And so, uh, you know, just you know, relax in the shade and have uh, food. Uh, don't don't uh, spend a lot on food. And don't eat expensive food like geese and chickens and chicken because then you're going to want that all the time. You're going to develop a taste for these luxuries and you're going to have to run after them there or those desires will run after you and control you. So better to live simply and get used to simple diet. And if you can afford more, spend money on your home. That's a good investment. That will last. If you spend money, you go to a fancy restaurant and you spend a lot of money, right? Comes and goes and there's nothing to show for it. Um, so uh, spend your money more wisely. Ki ula amar matla matlin arava. 
So he say, used to say this mashal, matla, the taf in Aramaic is like shin in Hebrew. So this he used to say this mashal in, in the West, in Eretz Israel. Someone who eats the alita, the fat tail of an animal, a very delicacy, a very expensive item, he has to go and hide in the attic. Making a play on words between alita and aliyata. Why? Because these are very expensive. He's going to have to. He's going to have to borrow money to buy this expensive item, and then he's not going to be able to pay it back. And the butcher's going to come after him. Says you got to pay me back. So yeah, he can eat this delicacy, but he's going to have to go hide in the attic. For someone who eats simple vegetables, then he can sit even anywhere, even in the public area where all the garbage is, and he doesn't have to worry that anyone's going to come after him for repayment. And therefore, it's not worth that uh, temporary luxury when you're going to have to spend so much and be in constant worry of who, uh, who you owe money to. If you live simply and save your money, put it in your home, uh, then you'll be much, much happier, much better off. Uh, so we see uh, lots of fantastic advice about finances. And uh, I think the rabbis overall were, were uh, very conservative, right? Make a uh, buy bonds and uh, invest in real estate and you'll be okay. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.